You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Slavery is back. Welcome to a place where private business profit from a captive labour force, yet pennies are spent on medical services to a population in which the Indigenous, the poor and the mentally ill are overrepresented. Where isolation, humiliation and degradation are facts of life. Welcome to prison. It depends who's telling the story, I suppose. The prisoners would have one view. The people who work in the prison system would have another. And I think it's up to people to decide uh, where the truth is. Give government propaganda and the media spin doctors the flick. And check out Doin' Time for news, views and tunes on prison issues from Guantanamo Bay to Christmas Island to prisons and detention centres everywhere. Every Monday at 4pm on your community radio, 3CR. We are still fired up and we're still talking about revolution. Hello and welcome to the Doing Time Show. This is 3CR Community Radio, 855 AM on the dial, streaming live on www.3cr.org.au. And it's Marissa and I'll be taking you through until 5 o'clock this evening. Today's broadcast is dedicated to refugees and asylum seekers and a warning that this audio may contain, may contain um, Im- audio images of people that have died. It's approximately 4.01 and first up on the show we're going to be interviewing Joey who is currently in Mitre uh, Detention Centre in Broadmeadows and was actually involved in a panel um, discussion that happened, that was organised by the Refugee Action Collective a couple of weeks ago and he's going to be talking about what's happening with his visa. Joey has done some really amazing work um, with with other prisoners and has really contributed a lot to the community and we're going to be speaking about that and then after that we will be speaking with Ian Rintel from the Refugee Action Coalition and we're going to be discussing a media release that was issued by that organisation on the 18th of September and it's entitled No One Left Behind Rally, Hundreds of Refugees to Protest for Permanent Visas and Ian is actually going to be giving a report back on that rally and he's going to be talking about the plight of refugees and asylum seekers and what's going on. But the reason why I have invited Joey initially onto the show as well is is basically to hear from somebody who's already inside, who actually is able to also share um, lived experience about what's going on. And Joey will, will give us his full name and introduction um, when he when he comes on, but certainly um, he is, is very happy to speak to us. Um, he was one of the panel of speakers, as I said, at the RAC forum last Monday, and he'll speak to us very soon. Stay locked to 3CR. The single most important film on the Aboriginal political struggle in the last 50 years. Ningla Anna is the inside story of the Aboriginal Tent Embassy, a gripping first-hand account of an iconic protest action and the young radicals who took control and demanded justice. 
Rediscover this iconic documentary and a momentous period for First Nations activism in this brand new restoration. Screening Cinema Nova, Carlton, from Friday the 30th of September to Sunday the 2nd of October. A 3CR supporter. And you're back with the Doing Time show, and I'd really like to welcome um, Joey to the program. Hi, Joey. How you going, Marissa? Uh, really lovely to have you. Now, yeah, Joey, before we start, me. I just wanted to tell you that I normally introduce people that have been either in prison or in detention just as their first name because I wasn't quite sure whether you wanted your identity to be protect, you know, protected more. So I'm going to leave it up to you as to how you want to introduce yourself. Yeah, okay. My, my name is Joey Tangaloa Tawali. Now, I, I served uh, over eight and a half years in prison, um, and I've currently been here in uh, MITRE, which is uh, Melbourne Immigration Transit Accommodation, the transit centre for um, eight, over 18 months. Um, yeah, and I'm, I'm happy to talk about my situation and, and how I ended up here and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, feel free to ask any questions, you know. Oh, that's great, Joey. So let's talk about that. Let's start off with what happened. How did you so in my in my situation, um, you know, I grew up in Australia. Um, we came here when I was three months old, uh, both parents and three other siblings, uh, which was back in 1975. You know, went to uh, kindergarten here, primary school here, high school, uh, bar a couple of years. Around eighty, late eighties and early nineties, I went back to Tonga for um, uh, just for a year or two over there. Um, and um, and then other than that, I've been here the whole time. So later on in life, you know, uh, I joined um, uh, OMCGs, which is Outlaw Motorcycle Gangs, and um, ended up going to prison uh, in two thousand nine. Um, and then was released on bail for five years, then went back to prison in 2013, where I did the, a whole stretch um, of over eight years. And uh, it, during that time, uh, they cancelled, they brought out a legislation, which is Section 501 of the Migration Act, uh, to cancel uh, visas of people that have committed a criminal offence um, and done more than 12 months prison. But, um, and that's how I ended up here in MITRE. You know, they cancelled my visa back in 2016. Uh, the thing for me is that, I mean, I've got 11 children here, 12 actually. I have one in the cemetery, uh, my firstborn daughter. Um, I have three grandchildren. I'm not the same person I was, um, you know, 15, 10 years ago. Um, you know, I've moved on in life and, um, you know, we all make mistakes. So, yeah, basically, uh, you know, I've been to the federal court twice now. I have a high court appeal, which we're trying to put in. But uh, I'll tell you what, the, the way they've set this law up, it's, it's not easy. And, you know, in many cases, for people, it's, it's a death sentence. Uh, people have committed suicide. Uh, you know, people have been sent overseas and just gone back to prison. There's so many things that are wrong about this law. And I, I just can't believe in this day and age that, that Australia is quick to, you know, bag Iran and Afghanistan and, uh, you know, China about, you know, locking up people. But they're doing exactly the same thing here. 
we are the people that, um, you know, that, that, that people don't know about. People don't know that there's, you know, people don't really understand that this Section 501, you know, um, it's just basically separating families, destroying families. Um, also, in regards to refugees, people don't understand that there's refugees that have been locked up here for 10, 15, almost 20 years. Um, you know, and people need to understand that Australia's quick, the Australian government is quick to talk about other governments, but they are doing the exact same thing. It really is most appalling. And one of the things that I have talked about in many, many interviews over the years with, this, with the show, the Doing Time show, is that why is it that people such as yourself cannot just serve your time and then you go back into the community? Exactly. Exactly. You know, uh, I'm, I'm happy to contribute. I mean, uh, I was rehabilitated in prison after three years. I, you know, I knew after three years in jail, this is it for me. Um, there's no way I'm not coming back to this place. So the problem and the biggest issues that people have is once you leave prison, uh, you know, because of a minister who has no... Uh, uh, I don't think, you know, that Minister Peter Dutton or Scott Morrison at the time, I don't think they have any uh, knowledge of the justice system or they don't have any... Um, the, you know, any degree in law or things like that. But they can say, look, now nah, you're a bad character. We're going to pluck you out. You know, you walk out of prison a free man, but they pluck you out, or, or a free woman, because there are men, women and children here. Um, they pluck you out and say, no, nah, we're going to put you now in detention, uh, which is even worse than prison. Um, this place is designed to destroy you. It's, it's designed to batter you mentally. The mental health issues here of people is appalling. Uh, living conditions are appalling. There is absolutely nothing good about this place. Um, you know, I've been in this country for almost 48 years. I never knew that these places were like this. Now, you might have heard that, oh, yeah, there's a detention centre. You know, you think, oh, yeah, maybe it's, it's you know, it, it's ran properly. And let me tell you, when people are saying... They want to go back to prison. Let me go back to prison. There's an issue. It's so you were a permanent resident when you were first in Australia. Yes, that's, that's correct. So, from what I believe, my parents became citizens in 1976. I think the prime minister was Malcolm Fraser at the time, uh -huh. um, and he put Google. out, you know, where. Yeah, and he put out there, um, you know, if you want to get your citizenship, apply for it and we'll give it to you. And that's how we ended up uh, becoming... And I always thought being being um, a permanent resident is the same thing as an Australian citizen. I, I, know, I never realised there was a difference. You know, it's interesting, Joey, because there's, there's a couple of things that I'm thinking about as you've been speaking. And, this is, and it's this. Why... I'd like to know now that there's a Labor government in power, are things really going to change? Well, that's the other issue. Um, I believe some of the detainees here have spoke to, um, you know, Albanese's office when uh, when he was the opposition leader, and promises were made. Now, um, I don't know how how deep it goes, but as far as I've been told, that promises were made by the Albanese government that they would look, uh, review everyone's cases 
especially in regards to people that have been here for many, many years. Um, but there's more of a problem too, Marissa, is that some people here haven't even been to prison. And, and the other issue is that people that have been charged, gone to prison for, say, 28 days, um, two months, then their charges dropped. But they've been sent here. So, and these are people that have lived in Australia for even longer than myself, you know, 50 years, 60 years. There's so many different, um, you know, people that have been here for, for, for so many years. Um, it's, to me, it all boils down to, um, Someone's making money off, off people in here. It is cruel and unusual punishment, isn't it? Absolutely, especially, like I say, when you when you walk out of prison and you've served your time, um, why, why can't we be let out into the community? Um, uh, you know, like, like I say, many of us before we came here, we were constructive citizens. Um, you know, and obviously some, somewhere along the line we've fallen off the tracks, but, you know, give us that opportunity. I, I know here by speaking to many detainees, not just here, but around the country, and they're asking, you give us that one more chance, we'll, we'll never, you know, make any more mistakes like this. It's an abuse of human rights, and just wondering, Joey, if you can also comment on the character test and how that relates to your visa? Well, well the character test is basically uh, an example for... So, if, uh, if you, say you're a friend, Marissa, of, um, let's say, someone that's out there, known a known criminal figure, um, and then I become friends with you, and because you, you're friends with that individual, they can turn around and say to me, oh, look, you failed the character test because you associate with such and such. And it might not be direct contact, but because you're a friend of that individual. So all, all these things that they, that they say and do, um, it's just all garbage. It, 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 it's, the character test is absolutely garbage. I believe it's a racist test. The, the, this character test should be called the racist test. This is a racist law because if you look at the people that have been deported, uh, 99% of them... Um, are all, uh, you know, dark people, especially New Zealand citizens and Pacifica uh, are targeted the most. Now, once upon a time, New Zealand and yes, Australia... Yeah, I have noticed that. Yeah, absolutely. Once upon a time, New Zealand and Australia were like brother-sister. But this, yes. is, a, yeah, this is a case of, um, uh, you know, a lot, there's a lot of talk, too, in the background that, that Minister Peter Dutton, his first wife, had left him for... Um, or uh, I think, I believe it was a, a member of the, the mongrel mob. Now, oh, you know, I don't know how deep it goes, but, you know, this is a lot of talk that, that people talk about, these sort of things. So, you know, has he taken out a vendetta against specific uh, people, you know? Interesting. There is a, a, a Four Corners special tonight on Peter Dutton. I've got plans to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> now that you've mentioned it, it sounds good. I'll be watching it as well. <laughs> I don't you know, know, Joey. Sometimes you you have to kind of laugh because otherwise you go mad, really. Yeah, well, look, I try to cheer up everyone. I'm one of the strong ones, Marissa. There's many people that I speak to, men and women, and especially some of the women that they are broken. I just want to mention that uh, there is one lady, Alicia Myers, from mm -hmm. New South Wales in Villawood. 
Now, Alicia Myers, besides serving 29 days in 2009 in prison, um, she's been held in detention for over seven years now. Um, you know, and it's just, how, how is this possible? You know, um, there's a lot of uh, African brothers here that um, that came to Australia and New Zealand under um, the United Nations as refugees. Uh, but now, all of a sudden, they throw them under the character test uh, and they fail the character test because they've been at the prison. But I'm sure Ian Rintoul will touch on that later. But, I mean, look, there's so many things here, Marissa, that, that we could go on about. I'd really love to, um, to if, if you could invite me back to the show and even some other detainees, it would be lovely. Of course. Yes, and then, you know. Let's arrange that very soon, actually, Joey. And yeah. maybe we can have a chat off air sometime and we can talk about perhaps um, doing, like, a conference call and getting a whole, quite a few of you. Yeah. yeah. If you, you want to have a chat to some of them, because it is really important to expose some of these issues. I mean, I did, I've done quite a few interviews with, about around the time as well that they were going to take away mobile phones at my time. Yeah, yeah. And, in fact, I used to visit quite a few people in there, in Broadmeadows, and... I used to... I don't know if you were there. Oh, no, maybe not. Because you've only been there a year, haven't you? Yeah, I come here in uh, March 2021. I used to visit in 2017, around that time. And they used to let us bring food in. We could bring food and we could sit with people at the table. Um, and then it wasn't allowed anymore. Yeah. Now, was that due to COVID, uh, Marissa, or...? No, no. This was way before COVID. This oh, was wow. like... I had a young girl, actually, that was so excited because I brought her in some chocolates, and yeah. she was too scared to bring them back to her room because um, they're not allowed to have um, sweets in the room, apparently she was saying. And yeah. back then, before prior to that, you could sit, you could visit anyone you wanted... It wasn't so regimented, and um, you, you you were able to have dinner, uh, have lunch together. Sorry, that, that that can't happen anymore, can it? No, that can't happen anymore. But we we believe that they've mentioned something about uh, you can get food sent in now, but it's only like the packaged food and that. Yeah. Um, and only sent in for, through the post office. Uh, but in regards to sitting there eating food uh, at the visits, um, what we can't understand is that outside. It's open to everyone, but here they're still saying no. People have to be um, vaxxed and you've got to wear a mask and and all those things. Um, wear a mask. Yeah, yeah. To, to the visit, if you have a visit with someone, you have to wear a, a mask here. Although that's more due to COVID, isn't it? Yeah, that's that's due to COVID. You know. Yeah. So, and yeah. yet, you know, the, there's not a lot of COVID testing and vaccines in there, is there, at the moment? No, there isn't. There isn't. It, it, um, there was a few outbreaks here um, and around the country. Um, but you know, another thing, Marissa, I want to touch on is that you know, if the five hundred one was working, let's just say that the crime rate had dropped, or maybe the five hundred one was the issue. But let me tell you, the crime rate has not dropped anywhere. If anything, it's gone up, and they're still doing these deportations. Um, you know, so it just doesn't make sense. And what they've done to people is 
They're deporting what Jacinda Ardern said. They're deporting people that have no connection to whether it's the islands or or New Zealand. Um, And in many cases, people are committing suicide because there's no support or they're going back to prison because they go back to something that they're familiar with. Um, Now, people are getting a death sentence, you know. Uh, You know, you've served your time and all of a sudden, bang, here you go. They've dragged you, they've put you here, separating you from families. So many families they've destroyed. Uh, the government, you know, this, the Liberal, the former Liberal government, so much to answer for. Uh, they've got so much blood on their hands as well, you know. And now, what's what's um, the plan now? They, they're just keeping you there indefinitely? Well, for people like myself and uh, some of the other countries, uh, indefinitely, yes. Yeah. So we're, I'm in indefinite detention due to the fact that Tonga does not take... Um, um, they're not taking any deports. Um, but, you know, not that I want to go back there. I mean, I have nothing there. I'll, if I go back to Tonga, I'll be homeless. Um, you know, um, I'll probably just hang around the Australian embassy outside the front and just ask them to give me food vouchers or something. You know, um yeah, that, and this is what they're doing to people around the world, you know. But, but all your family's here in Australia. Yeah, the 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 the, the, the ministers that they don't care. The, the, gov, the former government does not care, and that's why we're reaching out to Anthony Albanese, um, you know, to to, to honour his word that he's given his word to um, his office had given their, their word that they were going to change things, you know, um, and they can't come soon now because, like I say. Um, uh, even last, uh, well, two weeks ago, there was another suicide. Um, in Mitre? Uh, not in the detention centre, but he was a 501, yep. uh, living at home with his sister, had mental health issues, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, um, and, and these are the things that go on, you know. People are unsure what is going to happen to them, and so they think, well, look, if they're going to deport me, I may as well take my own life. At least uh, my daughter or son can come and visit me at the cemetery. That's no, very, oh very, very sad. Very, very sad. It's it's very, very sad. So, so there's not in Mitre there. There are there are people also that come by boat too, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. There are uh, there are people that come here by boat. Uh, there is there, there's a few down in south here in Mitre that have been there for ten years, twelve years, um, and it's just I just can't believe that in this day and age. That Australia would, um, the Australian government would keep these people here indefinitely. And, and the other issue is, and I understand it, I, you know, I fully understand and respect the Ukrainian people, but they've brought over three and a half thousand Ukrainian people here. What about yeah. the 20,000 refugees that are locked up, that Australia has locked up um, in Indonesia, Papua New Guinea, you know, Manus Island, um, even Nauru there? Have you got them locked up over here in detention centres? What about these people? Why can't they let these people out to be, uh, you know, constructive citizens who are working out there? They can do the same thing, you know. Um, and especially for us 501s, we've been out there, we've worked before. Um, as you know, I've said to you, uh, off air, I, I work, um, I've spoken in high schools, um, drug rehabilitation centres, um, church youth groups. Um, I share my lived experience. Um, I get phone calls from people on the parole board uh, asking me uh, questions about what do you think about the system, what can we do to better the system. Now, really? um, 
good. You know, uh, there's so many things. Um, there's so many people I've dealt with, um, from Vic Uni and other unis um, involved in, in, in um, trying to help the youth. So um, I can't see why I can't be fit to return to society, you know, or even my decision to get, like, let me out there and, and we'll go to court again and give me a second chance, you know. I'm hoping, though, that there can be um, a court date set for you soon. Thank you so much, Marissa. I mean, that's being worked on, I hope. We're doing our best to get in there, Marissa, you know. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, really, let people seeking safety work, study and rebuild. Exactly. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Can you comment a little bit on your... You were telling me that you, that you have podcasts. Is that right? Yeah, so I, I've done a few podcasts. I did a podcast on the Felon Show. Um, I did one with uh, David Glenn's on the, an audio podcast. I've done some podcasts. Then I've tried to do some uh, YouTube videos of my own. It's just called um, Another 501 Story. And I've done about uh, maybe 20, 25 videos Um just the detainees talking about how they ended up there and um, how long they've been here for. And and some of them, it just, it's just appalling to see that some of them have only done like two, three months prison um, and they've been here for five years, six years, seven years. You know, um, and, and that's why I say that people here under Section 501 are forgotten. Um and same with refugees that, that that have been here for, you know, 10, 15, some of them 20 years. I mean, uh, you know, no one no one knows these things if we don't expose them. So thank you, Marissa, for um, for helping out, you know. No, that's that's no problem at all. So they just Google you and they'll find it, these podcasts? Yes, yeah, so if you Google my name, Joey Tangaloa Tawali, uh, you'll find, uh, yeah, I have uh, videos there where it's just raw, People, you know, I've got people and they're just telling us about their story, how they ended up here um, and how, yeah. And you can see on their on their faces how this place has, has had a massive effect on them. Um, you know, it's designed to break it down. Uh, people have tried to commit suicide in front of me. Um, I've stopped people com- from committing suicide. Um, but here they still do not address mental health Um you know, they might get someone out once uh, every three or four days. Someone will come out. Uh, but everything here is about filling out forms. So if you have a mental health problem and, you know, you're feeling like uh, you want to harm yourself, you have to fill out a form. And by the time they give you an answer that someone will come and see you, it's, you're looking at about three or four days. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, look, it's it's pretty... It's not only is it under-resourced, but it, 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 it simply isn't... Is it acceptable? Uh, Joey, thank other, you. What was that? The other thing, too, Marissa, sorry to interrupt you, is it costs okay. per individual 430000 Now, I tell you now, for 430000 we should be eating caviar and having some Dom Perignon every day. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? It's ridiculous. And that's just for here in, the, in detention centres. Even more for um, offshore. You know, we're talking... Oh, yeah. You know, so it's a big money rot. It's a big money scam. Uh, I just wish that the um, Australian public would open their eyes up and see what really, really goes on in these places. Well, that's why the Doing Time show is here. This 
we pride ourselves on providing a safe environment for prisoners and um, refugees and asylum seekers such as yourself. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's approximately 4.28, and we're going to be speaking pretty soon with Ian, but please um, allow me, Joey, to invite you back onto the show again. I'd love to do that very soon. No worries. And just on Saturday the 1st at 2 yep. p.m., there's a protest here at Mitre out the front. Um, what time? So, uh, 2 p.m. If people can organise people to come, come and stand up in solidarity with 501s and refugees, please. So that's Saturday the 1st of October at 2 yep. o'clock yes. at Mitre Detention Centre in Broadmeadows. I believe yes. it's in Camp Road. That's right, Camp Road. Rock up there if you can, guys. Folks. Yeah, that's organised by Refugee Action Collective. Thank you. Wonderful. And there is a meeting tonight, actually. Are you going to the Refugee Action Collective meeting tonight? Um, well, if, if there is, more than likely, I'll, I'll jump on there. So, But thank yeah, you, you so much, Marissa. Sorry, what was that? Thank you so much, Marissa. It's lovely to have you, Joey, and we'll talk again very soon. No worries. Thank you. Thank you. We'll talk. Bye-bye. Thanks, Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You're listening to Radical Radio 3CR. Black Spark is an independent, volunteer-run bookshop, gallery, music and community space in Northcote, Nam, dedicated to creativity, learning and liberation. Black Spark is a space for the entire community, free of charge, hosting art, music and literary events. To keep Black Spark free, open and accessible to everybody, we need your help. We are calling for your support for our rent fundraiser to keep our doors open into the coming years. With your support, we can continue to host book and exhibition launches, art auctions, fundraisers, music gigs and facilitate opportunities and growth for emerging artists and grassroots communities. For more information, visit Keep Black Spark Alive on chuffed.com or check out Black Spark on all the socials. Keep Black Spark Alive! A 3CR supporter. And you're back with the Doing Time Show, and you just heard an interview with Joey, who was um, is from Mitre Detention Centre, and is on a 501 visa. And it really was quite heartbreaking to hear some of the stories that are happening to people in Mitre, how they're stuck there and serving time indefinitely um, for virtually nothing. A crime, no crime has been committed. Hundreds of refugees rallied outside Sydney's Town Hall on the 18th of September to demand permanent visas for all those refugees and asylum seekers on temporary visas. We're going to be speaking now with Ian Rintel. He's on the line now, I believe, um, from the Refugee Action Coalition about this situation. Hello, welcome to the program, Ian. Yeah, hi, Marissa. Yep, nice to be with you. Lovely to have you. Now, I believe there are 19,000 people living in Australia on temporary protection um, visas or safe haven enterprise. Um, Can you talk about what happened at the rally and what's going on? Well, the question of the temporary visas is a a very, very big one. It was one of the Labor's only promises um, about refugees in in the election, that uh, all those people who were on temporary protection visas or SHEVs uh, would be granted, you know, permanent visas. Uh, but we're already, what it is, you know, over five months uh, since Labor was elected and there's still no timeline. 
for those uh, temporary visas to be you know, turned into, into permanent visas. And the consequences for people uh, are enormous. Uh, they've been living on uh, temporary visas uh, since, uh, for some of them, since like, you know, 2000, you know, 2012, or at least have been, um, some, some of them couldn't apply, actually. They, uh, they couldn't have been, even though they arrived in 2012, they weren't allowed to apply till 2017. So they've been a long time in the community on temporary visas or, you know, or worse. Um, the situation for them in terms of jobs or housing, there's no family reunion, uh, their kids or there, they can't, they can't get tertiary education. Uh, they can't travel, uh, so it's a very, quite an urgent situation uh, for Labor to act on its promise and to grant, you know, the permanent visas to all those who are on those temporary visas. They promised it. Um, Rudd managed to make the announcement within five months of being elected in 2007. Uh, you would have thought, uh, having been through it once before, uh, the Albanese government, you know, might have been able to do it, you know, more more quickly than it has. But it's uh, caused, you know, it's an an, an enormous problem. Uh, for those 19,000, of course, there are others that are even on, uh, you know, worse, you know, situation, and that's why so many people rallied. They rallied in Canberra. Uh, it's only two, three weeks ago now. We had over 1,600 people in Canberra, several hundred on, uh, you know, last weekend, you know, in Sydney, um, and there's more protests being planned in uh, Brisbane and Melbourne. So why isn't Labor doing more? What's the delay here to help people on... on temporary protection visas? Well, it's a bit of a mystery um, in, one, in one respect, but, uh, but I, think, I think the answer is overall is just the extreme caution, you know, that not just over refugees, but it's very obvious, you know, over refugees in spite of the, the promise. It's not, a, it's not a difficult procedure for people on TPVs to be granted permanent. Um, so, you know, all the arguments about, you know, sort of lack of staff or anything like that. And in any case, I know there are scores of people in the community who would, you know, happily volunteer, you know, to, to, uh, to um, you know, be involved in the process to ensure that people got these, uh, you know, these permanent visas. So I really do think it's just a political caution. It's Labor's political caution, uh, you know, that um, it means that they have, you know, delayed this, you know, so long. And there are, for every day a delay over the temporary visas, I mean, this in one respect, it's a low-hanging fruit. But, you know, I know you've just been talking to, you know, Joey about the situation with the 501s in detention. Well, many of the 501s in detention are also, you know, boat arrivals or, you know, asylum seekers. And that's another question which, you know, needs to be addressed. Uh, there's another 10,000 people who actually were, were rejected um, under the fast-track system. Now, Labor said it will, it was, it's, it's committed to abolishing the fast-track system, but we've not heard anything from them about reviewing the negative decisions of the fast-track system, you know, produced. So we've got people in detention, the people in the community on bridging visas or no visas uh, because they were rejected under fast-track. Afghans rejected under fast-track because they were told it was safe you know, to go back to Kabul. I mean, it was a, a nonsense then. It's a double nonsense now. But again, you would have thought a very simple thing for you know, the government to rectify that, but we're waiting. It's interesting. You just made a point that I'd really like to elaborate on there, Ian, in regards to the five, was it, was it 501 visas? Yeah. So, so are you saying then that there are people on 501 visas that have come by boat as well? 
Yes, yes. There's got a very large number of people who have had uh, bridging visas or protection visas cancelled because they've committed a crime, which has meant they've been caught by Section 501 of the Migration Act. Uh, so, well, I suppose it applies to everybody. It's just not a, you know, but they're boat arrivals and people like, you know, uh, you know, Joey has in New Zealand has actually come, you know, come by plane on particular visas to get from. New Zealand to Australia, but uh, there are yeah, yeah boat, boat arrivals or people on protection visas have had them cancelled and are back in detention, uh, facing the same circumstances under Section 501, indefinite detention. Joey's just done some wonderful work, and as you said, he's not the same person that he was. Like, let him go into the community. Well, so Section 501 is a particular abomination. Like, it, it simply should not exist. You know, people who do the crime do the time. That's the way the criminal justice system works. But, you know, people who are not Australian citizens, uh, it is a, it's a discriminatory aspect of the Migration Act that people don't know, you know enough about. But uh, it does mean that if you're a non-citizen, actually you can be held indefinitely. I mean, I've just sent... Uh, a letter to the minister uh, relating to a number of people who have uh, got who are not convicted. They went they went to court, um, were found uh, not guilty, and received a um, you know no no conviction recorded on the on the one you know one charge. Those now have still been been held in detention on character grounds for over four years. Um, you know these these are the they're, they're you know like a real fundamental breach of human rights uh, that you know simply should should not have, should not have happened. And as I said before, in any case, Section 501 should go. You know, people do the crime, they do the time. You know, they they should be in the community the same way you know everyone else is. Absolutely, and in fact, I mean, I know we we need to finish the interview soon. Um, Ian, I know you've got something to tell me to go, but yeah. I was just wanted to to say also and, and see if you could comment on this. Refugees and asylum seekers on Nauru and PNG, and also the coalition um, banning um, Indonesian refugees. Yeah, look, there's so there are so many things. Uh, you know, Marissa, I mean, the big, the, like, in the big one, and one respect, the popular thing that affects most people is the temporary visas and the service. They need to be made, you know, permanent, but. You know, we've still got you know around 100 people, both on you know in Papua New Guinea and and Nauru. They've not got uh, you know proper resettlement resettlement places. We're still waiting to hear what the government is actually planning to do with them. Uh, there's been a number of approaches uh, that said bring them to Australia, allow them to you know live in Australia, even if they subsequently decide they can go to the US or Canada or, or New Zealand. There is no reason to keep them you know suffering and. You know, Nauru and um, you know, Papua New Guinea. That that needs to be addressed. You've got people that they've bought from Nauru and Papua New Guinea who are on bridging visas in the Australian community, and now the government is trying to tell them some some of them have been here since 2014. They're married Australian citizens. They've got they've got kids. They've got families who, you know, well into well into school, established here, and they're starting to send send letters to them to say, you know, you've got to. Decide now. Uh, there's no. You won't be settling in Australia. You'll have to go to, you know, some, you know, some third country. So there's a. It really, you know, seems that there's no. There's no one's in charge in the in the immigration department. The things just, you know, is is freewheeling. It's just the, all the the old injustices that we've inherited uh, from the coalition government are still, you know, rolling, you know, rolling along, and people are still, you know, suffering, you know, because of that. So it does. Labor does need to act. 
urgently. You know, the issues are, you know, are building up and people are happy, you know, happy to give them a certain amount of leeway. They accepted the promises they made, you know, as good coin. They thought there'd be, you know, a greater degree of recognition of the injustices that, um, you know, that have been inflicted on people in immigration detention or people who are in offshore detention. So, but we're waiting for Labor to act. Let's hope so, because on election night, Anthony Albanese said that under Labor, no one would be left behind. Yeah, he did. He did. That was the big promise. Yeah, no one held back, no one left behind. But um, he doesn't have to look very far. He said he looked out of Canberra on the 8th of September, he would have seen, you know, 1,600 people who were just the most visible aspect of uh, the iceberg of you know, the uh, immigration detention, uh, not a, a bridging visa and temporary visa misery, you know, that's in the, you know, that's in the community. So, yeah, we have done, we've done a whole way to do that. But uh, that's why we've, you know, held a demonstration in Canberra, in Sydney. Um, I think they're planning one in uh, Brisbane, uh, the 9th of, um, the 9th of October. I think they're planning one in uh, Melbourne on the, on the 5th of November. And where, sorry? In, in Melbourne on, in, on the 5th of November. 5th, 5th of November. I'll have yeah. to check that out. I mean, I, I'm, you know, I invited yourself and Joey onto the show to really talk in detail about, you know, all these things because it's, it's really, really important, you know. Ian, do you yeah. have any final comments before you finish? Uh, I think I've made the move, Rissa. Thanks. Uh, yeah, thanks very much. I, I think it is important. I, I don't think we're going to... The, the change isn't going to come through come, come through Parliament. I mean, Labor's very, very limited, made very few promises. Sorry, Ian, you're just um, breaking out there a little bit. You just, sorry. Could you just move a little bit? Just I just so I've moved a little bit. Up? That, Thank you. any better? That's better. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah oh. I think... I mean, we, we got very little in terms of Labor promises, you know, before you know, before the election, and even though those, those promises have been made, they've... Very, very, you know, it's, it's very much delayed in actually implementing those promises. I think it's very clear why we are going to have to keep pushing. The demonstrations in Canberra, the demonstrations in Sydney and Melbourne are going to be very important uh, when we're not going to get everything that we need, you know, from, you know, from the, the, the Labor government. Uh, it's really going to be that push that comes, you know, in the streets, in the protests. So, you know, Joey giving a plug for, um, you know, protest that, you know, at MITRE. It's those kind of things that are going to be necessary. That's what made the changes under the coalition, and the fact is we're going to need the same kind of movement, you know, under Labor to keep pushing to get real real justice. Absolutely, Ian. Thank you so much for coming onto the program, and um, hopefully we'll be talking to you soon. Yeah, OK, Marissa, thanks very much. Take care. Bye-bye. Yeah, bye-bye. No crime, no time. Fix Victoria's bail laws now. Prisons are bursting at the seams with poor people. Eastern Melbourne is calling on the Victorian government to release unsentenced people on remand from Victorian prisons. First Nations people are 3% of the population, yet represent 29% of the general prison population. 89% of First Nations women entering prison are unsentenced. Eastern Melbourne is asking you to sign the No Crime, No Time petition, which can be found on Eastern Melbourne's Facebook page. Indigenous Social Justice Association Melbourne is a 3CR supporter. Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander children aged 3 and 4 can access 15 hours per week of free kindergarten. In a kinder program, children learn through play, art, music and dance. Qualified teachers create culturally safe places for Aboriginal children and families. Koori Kids Shine at Kindergarten. 
Find out more at vic.gov.au forward slash koori-kids-shine. Authorised by the Victorian Government, Melbourne. A 3CR supporter. Ross House has community meeting rooms available for hire at subsidised rates. Perfect for small meetings, student study groups, Zoom conferencing and seminars. Facilities include free Wi-Fi, display screens for presentations, projector and sound system and a Zoom conferencing system. HEPA filter units have been placed in every meeting room. You can book and pay via their website, rosshouse.org.au or contact reception during office hours on 9650-1599. Ross House is a 3CR supporter. For 200 years we've been beaten down Too long on the door My dignity I'm losing here Mentally I'm on There's a system here that nails us And we're left out in the cold Oh, they took our life and they were their friends But they could not buy our soul Joe Hill died, Che Guevara fought Pamela Wally lay down dead If a person speaks out critically They could get loaded down with lead How long can the majority wait For their story to unfold Oh, they took their life and liberty friends, but they could not buy their soul. But the clever man spoke precisely. Humanity said was done. The greed for greed could not proceed if our struggles to be won. For humanity is more important here than a constant quest for gold. Ah, oh, you may take life and liberty, friends, but you cannot buy our soul. donkey up through that gate He could see quite clearly He was gonna meet his fate And the powers that be could see that he Could not be born or so But they took his life and lived their friends But they could not buy his soul Yeah, they took his life and lived their friends But they not by 
Music lovers rejoice. The magical Sierra Feral returns for a headline tour this October. Bringing a band and her unique style of old-time bluegrass and country music, they will be joined by the one and only Johnny Fritz plus the local Isles in the Drip for a huge night of good times at Thornbury Theatre on October 13th. Sierra Feral Band also playing at Menian Town Hall 14th of October and out on the weekend at Seaworks Williamstown 8th of October. Love Police, proud supporters of 3CR. And you're back with the Dylan Time Show and you just heard a song previously by the beautiful Archie Roach who is missed by all. As you know, he did pass away some weeks ago now and Uncle Jack Charles too. It's approximately 4.48 and we're nearing the end of our show, but I did want to read out an edited version of a really great article that um, was sent to me. Um, thank you to, a special thank you to Peter, actually, who um, was, was doing the, the show at some stage um, before the pandemic. Um, but this particular article is from the BBC and it's entitled, Offenders Should Be Sent to Prison as punishment, not to be punished. And I just wanted to um, just share with, um, with listeners about this, just for a, a couple of minutes. Norway has one of the lowest crime rates in the world, and researchers have long theorised that one of the reasons for this is the country has long cold winters, whether the acts as a deterrent for crime. Others believe a contributing factor is the country's strict firearm laws, which are, along with Australia's, amongst the toughest in the world. But in recent times, the low crime rate in Norway is dwindling even further, and the reasons for it are far, are far from conjecture. Over the past few decades, the Norwegian government has taken some extraordinary steps most notably an innovative, rehabilitative rather than punitive approach to its treatment of prison inmates. It is often said that people are sent to prison as punishment, not to be punished, and Norway is certainly a country that embraces this idea that inmates lose their freedom but not their dignity. Rehabilitation versus punishment. Two important factors underpin the Norwegian approach. The first is the modern nature of its prisons, the nation's best-known and newest prison, established in 2000, 2010, is called Helden Thingsla. It houses some of Norway's worst criminals, including murderers and pedophiles. It is built in the woods amongst nature. While prisoners are locked behind large wire fences, they have expansive views through large glass panels of greenery, birds and other wildlife. Inside, the facilities are clean and modern. Inmates can wear their own clothes. They are allocated their own private rooms with an ensuite, and there are a number of communal places, including a kitchen, where prisoners are encouraged to cook, study areas where prisoners are encouraged to learn new skills, and spaces for recreation like games and television and exercise. I just wanted to make a correction there. This particular article is not from the BBC. It is actually from Sydney Criminal. So Sydney Criminal lawyers um, actually write quite a few articles. So I do apologise to listeners about that. But it's a really interesting um, article because obviously, um, you know, the the editors and authors of Sydney Criminal Lawyers have done some thorough research in regards to um, 
what's happened in, in Norway. And it's, it's very interesting, and I'll just read out another little bit here. In Australia, prison population rates are risking, uh, sorry, are rising, but the most significant measure of success has to be reoffending rates. In Norway, where there is an investment made in ensuring that prisoners leave prison with valuable life skills and employment skills, the rates are less than 20%. In New South Wales, in 2017 to 2018, according to the Bureau of Crime Statistic and Research, 26% of those released from prison reoffended within 12 months. So it's really interesting, isn't it, that you know, if if people are treated um, with dignity, it's a bit of a reformist thing, though, isn't it, in a way? I mean, it would be very interesting to have this discussion with some people that I'm going to interview very soon, just in regards, I mean, do we need to abolish prisons? I say yes. I say we have community-controlled control, um, organisations and funnel money into, um, you know, housing and, and other programs. But this is this is a work in progress. But I did actually wanted to I wanted to read out that article just to show listeners that you know if if people are treated like if their human rights are not abused as abused, then you know you can leave prison with far more skills. But prison is prison. It's approximately four fifty three, and we're nearing the end of our show. And I'd like to thank our guests for coming, for being interviewed. And the first was um, the wonderful Joey, who spoke about his lived experience um, in Mitre Detention Centre. And then um, thank you also to Ian Rintel from the Refugee Action Coalition, who is a regular um, interviewee on this show and does get, gives us a lot of really valuable updates and um, material to look at in terms of refugees and asylum seekers. And I'm hoping that Joey um, can go, come back onto the show very soon and and bring um, some people with him. So we're going to be going out with our theme song pretty soon, Black Fella, White Fella from the Rumpy Band. This is actually a very short show today. Um, and it's goodbye from Marissa and take care of each other and stay strong. And stay tuned every Monday from 4 to 5 for the Doing Time show. Thanks so much. Bye.
You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.